identities exist beyond margaritas, taco Tuesdays, and mariachi bands. <laughs> With over 21 countries and territories identifying as Latin American or Latino, and over 30 million individuals from these places living outside their country of origin and creating diasporas in many parts of the world, Latino slash Hispanic identities are important and they're here to stay. In an effort to highlight some of these complexities, we created the Identities and Belonging series, a collection of group discussions and individual stories from advocates, leaders, community members, and creatives who identify as Latino slash Hispanic and live in Georgia. We hope this series allows you, our listeners, to expand your vision of what identity and belonging can mean for Latinos here in the United States. We hope you can listen to, learn from, and celebrate the incredible people that share their experiences with us. Join us for weekly episodes every Friday, starting September 22nd, and don't forget to follow us so you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. And I know this is a long introduction, I promise I'm almost done, but this series would not be complete without a special message on terminology. We acknowledge that people choose to use different terms to refer to their identity. Some prefer Latin American, Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, Latine. We hold space for all of these terms and respect the people who use them. We will primarily use Latino, but you may hear us use them interchangeably throughout our content. Y ahora sí, welcome, bienvenidos, y que disfruten el contenido. I'm here with Luis Andres Andino, and he um, wants to share an individual story with us, and the two questions that he chose are the following. Share a bit about your personal journey as an immigrant or someone with Latino or Hispanic heritage in the United States, and are there any challenges you faced or overcome as an immigrant or Latino person in Atlanta, and what lessons have you learned from those experiences? So, whichever one you want, whenever Absolutely. you want. Absolutely, yeah. Um, no, I, um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's always a pleasure uh, speaking with you, and again, I appreciate all this uh, storytelling and gathering all this because, you know, it's it's written now. It's on, it's on paper. It's online. It's forever here. And it um, makes sure that our, our stories will always be captured and guardados. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'll just share, you know, my tiny little sliver of the history here. Um, you know, just one resident here within Buford Highway and just this general area. And uh, my personal journey as an, I guess, you know, an immigrant, you know, coming from a family of immigrants. Um, you don't really understand i think what that story is like or that you're even living a story when you're young you just sort of exist and you're just there and this is just how things are done and you're as a child you just sort of go along with it um and i think in the past we had talked about just a sort of that cultural identity crisis really that i was having um knowing that of course Soy de Honduras. I'm from Honduras. My parents are from Honduras. Um, everyone that's coming into my home is from Honduras. And all the stories that were being told are from pueblos and ciudades in Honduras. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of all I knew growing up. And as soon as I would step out and go outside of our tiny little home in Chambly, um, it was it was different. And, 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 and it's different in a good way. But then also you have those instances when it's different in a bad way and it clashes with what you think is okay or normal or acceptable. And as a young person, you know, your mind is being molded by everyone in your immediate circle, but also everyone at school 
and your counselors and coaches and teachers. So, you know, being an educator is a very important role because you really do have a such a remarkable impact on young people. And I had very great people come into my life, but you always had, you know, one or two sort of those bad apples that probably shouldn't have been speaking to young people or probably just were a little ignorant, right, to mm -hmm. working with children that didn't necessarily look like them. So that, that I'm all that to say that, you know, I had that uh, identity crisis when I was being told that my name shouldn't have been said the way that my mother gave it to me, right, when I was born. Or the fact that, you know, you know the way I dress, you know, I, I remember showing up one day with botas, um, de cocodrilo, which is a big flex, okay, in our, in our side of the, the tracks, very <laughs> huge flex. Um, and then being shameful of wearing those because that's not what you wore to school. Um, but little things like that, right, that, that you just feel like, okay, what I'm doing is wrong. People yelled at me or scolded me. So again, let me try and fit in. Uh, let me fit into making sure that I'm just a funny guy, that no one's, no teachers are mad at me, and everyone likes me. So when you do that, obviously you have to omit the things that make people feel uncomfortable. Um, and if you do that for long enough, it just becomes part of your identity. So my identity wasn't necessarily what I would have liked it to be, so it was always clashing. Mm. So my identity at home, my parents wanted, to be a, wanted me to be a certain way, but I felt like society wanted me a different way. So there's always that clash, you know, when you're growing up. And it really wasn't until I was around in a safe space where people around me were very proud. And I'm, and I'm grateful. I'm not sure where they grew up. I promise you it wasn't in Shambly. Um, but where they grew up, that made them feel so comfortable. Or maybe the space that they were in, where they grew up, it was the parents were explaining to them it's okay to be... Hispanic and other people may not like you, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. But they were so proud of who they were. Mm. They were proud of their Spanish. They were proud of their food. They were proud of their music. And it was almost like, I'm prouder to be like Colombian. You better, if you're not Colombian, like, I don't know what's wrong with you. If you're not Puerto Rican, like, there's something wrong with, like, they were so proud. Like, it was, it was like one of these things, like, they much rather be this than that. And I was like, okay. And also these people were all about, okay, let's go ahead and, and get educated and let's go ahead. So I was like in this space with people like, you know, all trying to figure out what they want to do with their life, you know, not a, surrounded around, you know, parents or, you know, you know, uh, older figures besides professors from time to time, but just young people that just were like, this is my identity. And then and, and if you're surrounded with that for, again, for a long enough time, it does become part of your identity. And I think that's where it finally clicked was where, okay, I'm proud of who I am. And then you start to really see what it was like growing up and how much, you know, maybe prejudice or injustices or things that you just sort of took because this is who we are and we just take this and just keep your head down and stay quiet. You don't want to rock the boat. Then you really start noticing all these things growing up. And you're like, oh, wow, growing up was a little bit different than how I remember it. Because it's almost like your eyes have been been open at this point. And now as a young adult, seeing, you know, really understanding things a little bit better. And then seeing how young people are affected with this identity crisis. Now you're officially on the other side. And you really get to see a young Luis. So myself, I get to see a young Luis struggling. And I'm like, oh, my 
goodness, man. This, And you would have liked to know that, okay, in 20 years, things have changed. And they have. And I'll always go back to things are getting better. Let's not pretend like they aren't. But also, let's not pretend like things are exponentially better, right? And there has, still isn't work to be done. And I think that really drives what I do today, you know, is um, not a messiah complex, but just a little gear and like, again, the giant machine of trying to push this ball forward. So what can I do from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep that can try to make someone else's life a little bit better and to make that little young Luis or Luisa a little bit better? Mm. And um, let's see. That's Challenges. so beautiful. I just want to stop there and say <laughs> hi, thank you. <laughs> um, it's so beautiful and it sounds so healing. And It is very healing. And it sounds like you found a way to, yeah, to use all of those those negative and just real things that happened mm-hmm. and, and turn it into something that is, is meaningful and can, can create something new. And it's I, my superpower is the way really that I powerful. see it. You know, like when I'm, especially in this space, it's like... Uh, I, I get it. Like, that's mm-hmm. the simplest way I can put it. It's like, I get it. When a kid is talking to me in my head, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, and I'm, in a respectful way, I try to let them know, like, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get this. And you probably are feeling this, too. Yeah. And then that all the walls start to come down. We get to start having real conversations. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but let's pinpoint where do we need to kind of get on, on the tracks. Like, you really want to go ahead and support your family? You want to help your mom? You're tired of seeing your dad, like be like discriminated and like just come home late and just like covered in dust and you want to do something for them that's that's how i motivate every mm-hmm. people every everybody has a different way of doing business and that's fine i respect that the way i do business is i try and focus on that it's like this this is something that you really want which for most of our students right now being first or second generation is i want to get my parents out of this space they they love their parents we kind of in this collective space. We, we, we even love our extended family. We're close, tight knit with everyone. But it's like, this is, you're the person that can really do this for them. Yeah. How can we get there without putting too much pressure on them? How can mm-hmm. we get there in a positive way? Do we need to get our grades together? Do we need to start looking at scholarships? Do we need to start applying places? Mm. What do we need to do right now? Yeah. That, for me, needs to be our motivator mm. to get ourselves up. You know, we have lots of resources, mm-hmm. you know, but also put in our part to to go ahead and get to that next level. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else you want to add? Um, let's see. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, going I think that's kind of my life journey is also some of those <laughs> challenges that we talked about. Just yeah. good and bad, you know, like what can you take, even though it's a sad story and actually turn it to actually be, you know, something useful you know not for your not just for yourself but also for the next group you know that's what you want is to try and pay it forward yeah thank you thank you so much it's a pleasure always thank you thank you for listening to this episode of identities and belonging a special content series to expand and explore what being latino in the united states means to several advocates leaders community members and creatives If you haven't already, make sure to share this episode, rate our podcast, and follow us on social media at We Love Bu High. Your support allows us to continue to create this content and preserve people's stories. Muchísimas gracias.